Welcome to Talos Takes, the security podcast for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Talos Takes. Uh, I'm joined by Jerry Gamblin to continue my series of episodes on Kenna. Thanks for joining me, Jerry. Good morning, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Can you just start out real quick uh, by talking about your role with Kenna? By the time folks are listening to this, they'll have already heard the Kenna 101 episode that I recorded with Ed. Hopefully everyone has a good idea of what Kenna is now exactly, but can you tell me about what specifically you do for Kenna? Yeah, I'm the director of security research for Kenna. I I report to Ed. um, So I try to stay ahead of the data, try to understand all of the data that comes in and, you know, where we should be adding sources, where we should be taking away sources and what we can do to to make our scoring better, both data-wise and research-wise. So the reason I wanted to have you on as part of the series is specifically to talk about CVEs and the kind of the reports that come along with them. That I've been working with them now for four years almost because I've been doing our Patch Tuesday blogs since I started at Talos. And the idea of looking at through these CVE reports to pull out what's interesting, I think is really important because it can get really, it's really easy to get kind of lost and the numbers that you happen to see in all of these and the very technical verbiage that for, you know, like the everyday defender, they know what's going on, but maybe for a CISO or a CEO might totally go over their head. So I'm kind of looking to simplify that process in this episode. I, I want to start out by asking you, you know, when you get a new CVE that comes across your desk and somebody's like, hey, I think this is a big deal, and you're going to look up the advisory or the information from MITRE or something like that, what are some of the first things you're looking for? To be completely honest, the first thing I always look at is attack vector. A remote attack vector is a killer and means that it should be taken more seriously. We know that there are people who, who worry about local attack vectors, but for the wider internet, if it's a remote attack, a remote vector that gives you code execution, that, that breaks really high. It you know, it's, sounds a lot of bells for me. And then what about the specific severity scores? Common sense is, oh, this is a 10 out of 10 severity. This one has to be as bad as it can possibly get. Or you're just tempted to rank it from low to high. But it's probably going to be different based on the environment and the user and things like that as to what exactly constitutes a severe for them, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you're going to talk to Michael Reutemann at some point, And I'm not yeah. Michael Reutemann. And I, <laughs> I have not taken enough math classes to, 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 to talk about this in depth. I can tell you that, that severity scores, CBSS in particular, are not distributed equally across, right? The score is calculated per, per CBE. And as of today, the average CBSS score is 7.09. So when people start talking about scoring and scoring, I just make sure that they understand that seven is where you start. Seven is average. So a 10 might be bad, but a lot of times we see CBSS 10s that that never amount to anything because they never get that public exploit code put out or, or they're never, they're not remote, they're local 10s, which are harder for people to exploit. So it, I really try not to look at the CBSS numbers for a couple of reasons because the CBSS three base score is just the start, right? You're supposed to factor in your own temporal scores, which most people just skip right over. And, and CBSS two is now 15 years old, right? So it, it should be put out to pasture pretty soon. 
So as I mentioned, I, I'm used to when I'm processing CVEs, it's usually like a truckload at once. Like our vulnerability discovery team at Talos, we disclose the running statistic is that we disclose one vulnerability per working day on average. So when I'm looking at our reports, the vulnerability spotlight blogs that I do, and things like Patch Tuesday, which are like dozens and dozens of CVEs coming through at one time. Uh, if you're a CISO or you know somebody on a very small security team where you're getting these CVEs are coming from all they like there's tons of them every single day on the internet, obviously. Where do you start with trying to sort through what's going to be relevant to your organization? And then also specifically kind of tell me how using Kenna fits into that overall plan. I'm a terrible salesperson, but Kenna is the number one way to do this, right? Like like we look at all of these CVEs so that you don't have to, and that that we can help you score. We Our model is well built out. We have a bunch of data that we bring in to understand. Um, but we also, while you look for Kenna, while I try to push everybody to Kenna, because it's the it's the full size, the, the deluxe model, if you're just getting started, the EPSS, the exploit predictions scoring system that, that's kind of supported by Kenna and is public on first.org, scores every CVE also. And to be honest, we do the work, both of those models do the work that, that I would suggest people do if they don't have either one of those. It's go out and say, hey, is this, can I find exploit code on GitHub? Can I see, are people talking about this on Twitter, which sounds hilarious, but CVEs that are talked about on Twitter are way more likely to be exploited than, than CVEs with high CVSS scores. Um, What's the chatter around there? Like, and, and that's, and then, and then you got to look at what's the install base and, and is it exposed? Um, doing CVEs for Patch Tuesday, I bet you've noticed that over the last year that, that about 30 to 35% of all the CVEs that come out are now Chromium CVEs, the Microsoft Patch Tuesdays. So most companies don't need to, to quote unquote worry about Chromium C, those Chromium CVEs if they have automatic patching up to date and and it's rolling out so that that's a good thing that a that a CISO or somebody higher up can do can say hey do we have automatic patching up on on edge and chrome and if the answer to that is yes then i know i don't have to worry on a day-to-day -day about about those vulnerabilities because my team's taking care of them automatically yeah i i feel like you know 15 years from now then i'll be able to talk to some younger uh talos folks and be like Back in my day, it used to be that an Internet Explorer, there used to be 50 Internet Explorer vulnerabilities every month. And, you know, we used to dunk on Internet Explorer all the time. And now it's just like, well, Edge is pretty much just Chrome anyway, so who cares? That, that's, that's a lot of truth to that. <laughs> so one of the other things I want to ask you about is kind of like when people get vague CVE advisories and, and reports. I don't want to throw, you know, I'm not going to throw any specific companies under the bus, but sometimes you'll see of company disclose a vulnerability and they give you like two sentences of information that's like here's the cve id and it's a code injection issue and then that's pretty much all they give you so what are you know if if you happen to run into that in the wild what are some avenues that you can take to kind of investigate a little bit deeper so i always look at at the reference links they always they should go back to to a page that that displays more technical details. Uh, it's required by by the CNA, by Miter, to have a link to a page, not a blog, to a page yep. that describes what's happening. The truth is, 
I try not to throw people under the bus because the first thing I look for is who submitted the CVE. A lot of times they come from researchers and the researcher gets to decide what the what the text is, what the description is. And okay. they just do a terrible, a terrible job at that. I, I, we're seeing more and more of that with the growth of CNAs and, and the automated uh, system. That's really interesting. I actually had no idea that that was the case. So there you go. We were seeing quite a bit of that. And I. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for you, Jerry. Is there anything else, though, that you want to add in general just on CVEs or advisories? You know, what kind of advice are you normally giving to folks when you're talking about this? You, you have to figure out a way to automate it. We're way past the point of having teams that can look at, at the CVEs that come out. Back when I did start 15 years ago, there were 15 CVEs come out a day. I could spend 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and just kind of peruse through every CVE and look and see what might be interesting to read more about. But, you know, we're clipping at above 68 CVEs a day this year. That's that's too many for anybody to to hand check anymore. So you really have to get to a point where where you have some kind of automation that that's matching CVEs in your in your environment so that so that you can make that that list manageable. All right. Well, thank you very much for the insight on this, Jerry. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm sure we'll be talking again in the future as uh, Talos and Kenneth start working together more. Yep, sure. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much.